Strickland. I have been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Okay, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Afterlife Chronicles right here Thursday night, October 6th, October 6th. What? I mean, really? Okay, enough of that. So glad to be here, of course, on WLTKDB.com. Of course, I am your host, Nicole Strickland, for another night of exploring the connection between life, death, and beyond. And uh, before we get into tonight's show, just uh, a couple of little recaps here. So the OC Paracon was amazing. A fast two-day event. Those of you that do these cons know how they work. Fast-paced, exhausting, fun, met some new people, lots of great presenters, lots of great vendors. So it was a really exciting event, and I know we're all looking forward to next year as well. And then, of course, tomorrow night, Haunted Voices Radio, 8 p.m. Pacific, uh, 10 Central, 11 Eastern. Make sure to catch that with Todd and I as we interview Susan Catan Bernard from the Nevada State Prison. I know that she has an, a lot of amazing stories from there. Me being on the West Coast, I cannot believe that I have not been there yet. Hello, what is wrong with me? But we will do that soon. And then, of course, if we are all of us here are so busy with October being paranormal researchers. So I have like 14 or 15 radio shows this month. So I better get, as Todd says, that hot milk with honey going, because if not, I will not have a voice. Uh, and then, of course, if you have not followed the show or WLTKDB, please do that at its handle, WLTKDB, of course, WLTKDB.com. And, of course, the Afterlife Chronicles at Afterlife Chronicles and beyond. And then it's Podbean page, uh, AfterlifeChronicles.Podbean.com. Those of you may know this already. Some may not that the station does have an app. So if you're an iPhone user or a Droid user, no problem. Go ahead and head on over there and get the station app and you can listen to the shows right on there. I've tried it out. It works amazing. And then, of course, the station has some merch. So make sure to check that out on its website as well. I will soon be coming out with my own merch slowly but surely, but soon in the next couple of months, maybe. Okay, so let's get in with it. So I'm obviously just going solo tonight and I do like doing this from now, you know, from time to time. Now, this is an episode that I have been debating on doing for a while now, because it's something that I feel is very important. It's something very near and dear to my heart. And I know, I know that it must seem odd that I'm bringing this up, being that I've been in the afterlife and paranormal research realms now for what, 20 years, and I haven't actually announced or come out, if you will, that I am psychically inclined, that I'm actually a psychic medium. But I'm going to preface that by saying we all are. Every single person on this planet has intuition. Every single person on this planet has psychic aptitudes. The difference is that some people are not aware of it, or they're choosing not to be aware of it, or they're not... Um, 
they haven't actually had the exposure to allow them to hone their skills. So that's where I'm at. I've always been this way. And it's something that I've kept kind of low profile and to myself for a reason, because I think it's something that is, is, it's, 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 it's a gift of the soul, so to speak. So it's something that's very innate for, for all of us, and it needs to be used appropriately and not to be exploited. And so for that reason, I've, I've kind of taken care of it and I haven't really come out and announced, Hey, by the way, (laughs) 20 years later, guess what? I'm a psychic medium. That's why, but we all are. And so the reason I've decided to do this episode is, is to share my story and and my in the inspiration and hopefully to, to inspire others as it's been something that's grown i haven't asked for it i haven't uh uh consciously said every day hey i want to grow my psychic skills it is just something that has developed and i think what has developed that further has has been just my growth as a human being but also being involved in the paranormal and afterlife research fields and being exposed the more you're out there investigating the paranormal, the more your different psychic aptitudes are going to develop. And that's how that's how they've they've uh, they've happened for me. And it's just something that has come naturally. And so I thought, why not do an episode in hopes of inspiring people? This is this is an evolutionary type of thing. And it's something I'm sure all of you or a lot of you can attest to the fact that, you know, you've noticed your your own innate skills getting stronger as the years go on, especially being involved in this field. So I wanted to touch base a little bit on intuition and psychic aptitudes. They are pretty much uh, very much connected. They're like uh, a peanut butter and jelly, you know, fine wine and cheese, they go together. So when we have intuitive moments, and all of us have that, it's, it's that, that hunch, that gut feeling that we get. So uh, whereas how I would define uh, psychic skills is it's basically intuition that has been honed and developed with practice and exposure. So a conscious state of intuition, whereas intuition, intuition is often like an unconscious, I guess it can be conscious, but it's more of like an unconscious gut feeling, whereas practicing psychic skills is a conscious use of that intuition. And in many ways, you know, these psychic senses that we all have seem very supernatural because they aren't as refined and they're not talked about as much in everyday life, but they really are natural because we do all have them. So intuition is basically that wisdom-packed voice that acts as our emotional our physical and our spiritual survival compass, right? It's that divine knowing of what's best for us in any given moment in time. It's instant intelligence that operates separate from intellect and analysis. And uh, according to transpersonal psychologists, I like this, Carl Jung, he says that intuition is an unconscious perception that accesses embedded processes and knowledge contained in the body and brain. So it's perception that surfaces from our higher selves leading to those aha moments, those epiphanies and a rush of awareness. It's a weird feeling when, when you get these sorts of feelings, um, whether it's a, like a, a, a very highly intuitive moment or, or like, for example, a claircognizant type of event where you just know something that um, you have no idea how you know it, but you know it, or it's something, you know, that maybe hasn't happened yet. And I've tried to, for myself, 
uh, concentrate on what that feels because there's a different feeling when you get that as opposed to just other types of events that happen in everyday life. For me, it's a visceral feeling. And when these aha moments come, it, they come in very quickly, but they come in very strongly. And it's, it's like you have that moment in time where you cannot deny it. It's just, it's just like this innate knowing. And it's, it's a sense of alignment. When it comes in, everything aligns. You know you're right. You, you don't, like I said, you don't doubt it. It's that all-knowing without at all doubting anything. And so there's that, there's this sense of when I get it, when it comes through, it's a sense of like just this confidence and this exactness when you get it. And so it's hard to put in words, but that's kind of how, how I describe it. And a lot of times intuition will come through, you know, with impressions or metaphors and symbols. And so it's important that we all learn to use it to uh, achieve our goals, whether it's for health, whether it's for relationships, career choice, it's not done to exploit others. It's not done to, to read people's minds necessarily without their knowing or use it for materialism or, or, or any sort of greed or anything like that. So there are um, some exercises here that uh, can help you hone intuition and psychic senses. Maybe we can get into those a little bit later, but again, they go hand in hand. Um, so I wanted to give a couple of examples of kind of how they're different, although they're very similar. So intuition is, let's say you're driving on a crowded freeway or interstate, and you suddenly get the notion that you should exit because maybe there's an accident up the road that you're unaware of. And that accident, let's say, is two miles ahead of you. You get that just that gut feeling to exit off the road. That's intuition. Uh, using and employing a psychic aptitude is, uh, for example, you're on an investigation and you pick up, let's say, an antique and you want to employ psychometry. So you're holding that antique in your hand, attempting to feel any emotions associated with it. And so then you concentrate on that item until you pick up these various senses and impressions. That's an example of using a psychic aptitude. Intuition would be, let's say another one is, uh, let me think of one. Let's say you and your significant other want to go see a movie. However, you just have this strong inclination that maybe your favorite theater isn't playing that particular film. So you know, you know what, let's, let's choose another one. That's another example of intuition. Of course, psychic senses would be again on a, let's say someone's on a, on a paranormal case study or an investigation and someone enters the master bedroom of a, of, a, of a premises, for example, and then all of a sudden this person gets images in his or her head that um, where this person can see, okay, I'm seeing a woman here. She's dressed in a dress. She looks Victorian. Um, I think she's residual. I don't think she's really intelligent, blah, 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 blah. She begins to see that in her mind's eye. That's an example of... of um, a, a, a psychic aptitude. And of course, we know the clairs, but I'll get go through them really quickly. So clairvoyance is basically that. So that's being able to see uh, images with your third eye. So if you're on cases and you get uh, in your third eye, you get uh, apparitional types of images in your third eye. That would be an example of clairvoyance. Clairaudience is basically, you know, hearing through your psychic ears. Your real ears may not hear it, but you're, you're, 
hearing through your psychic ears, channeling what maybe a spirit may be saying. Claire Gustin's is interesting. I've actually never had this myself, or maybe I have, and I just don't remember that psychically tasting something that is not physically present. You don't hear that too often. Same, same thing with Claire Aliens, which is uh, receiving these psychic um, senses via smell. So uh, again, it's not a smell that's physically there. It's just something that your psychic senses are, are sensing. And then of course, claircognizance, I think, and clairsentience are big ones. Claircognizance is having, like I said earlier, that all-knowing sense that something is real and you have no idea how you know it, but you know that you're, you know it. It could be something that you're sensing that is going to happen before it even happens. And then of course, clairsentience we know is, is feeling the emotions and senses, even from the living. People can go into a room, a crowded room and be able to tell, okay, that person's upset, this person's happy, you know, just know things about certain people um, emotion wise and, and, and feeling wise. And so clairsentience is that, feeling emotions and senses from the living and those in the spirit realm. So. I wanted to uh, get into um, a few stories, and I do want to say that the re again, I want to reiterate that you know I'm not I'm doing this show uh, to share the evolutionary process of me coming into coming to terms with my own innate psychic skills, and not only that, but ex learning to accept it because before I wasn't before I just didn't really. I didn't pay attention to it as much. I didn't accept it as much. And now I'm learning that, hey, this is a part of me. This is a part of my soul. And I'm going to remind you that we all have it. I'm not doing this episode to try to say, hey, look at me. Guess what? I'm psychic. No, absolutely not. That's not what it should be used for. Using, whether it's your intuition or employing your psychic senses, it should be used to help those. It should be used with a pure heartfelt, humble intent, not out of the ego, in my opinion. So um, an example, an, an interesting uh, a story of synchronicity right before this episode, and this is kind of, you know, how sometimes the, the universe speaks to us via synchronicity. So right before the episode, I was just kind of chilling for a little bit, and I put on an episode of Family Guy, right? I love Family Guy. And so out of all the episodes that could be recommended in my YouTube it was the one where Brian and Quagmire, for those I'm sure most people know Family Guy, run against each other to become mayor of Quahog. Co and so there's a scene when the bus is falling off the cliff and then uh, Brian and, and Quagmire get out of the bus and they're kind of hanging off a tree off the cliff. And then they see a character who had recently passed show up. And that character is Adam West in the show and he, and he, and he shows up in spirit form to lend out his hand to help Brian and Quagmire. So that, in my opinion, was like the universe telling me, wow, you know, you're doing this show and this is totally, you know, in sync. That is why I think we should employ any intuition and, 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 and use our psychic aptitudes. It's not, it's not um, for any superficial or materialistic gain. It's to help others and really do good for the world and really uh, should be used um, with um, heartfelt humility, right? So with that said, um, I see a few comments here. Let's see here. I'm going to flash these here. Of course, my mom's listening. Hello, mom. 
She says, hi, Nicole, wonderful show. I'm convinced that your grandma, Lopinto, my mom was aware of her intuition, which was difficult for her to live with at times. I feel uh, good information. And then, of course, uh, hi, Kelly. Kelly's flashing hearts. I love that. That's awesome. Kelly is an amazing numerologist, amazing psychic medium. So if you really need a reading from someone who's really heartfelt and intent with pure intent, please go to her. For sure, uh, she uh, did a reading at, um, of me at the OC Paracon, and it was absolutely amazing and actually brought me to tears. So thank you, Kelly. So and then, um, yes, I do want to say that um, I forgot to mention that. So my mom's mom, Helen Lopinto, and a lot of you may uh, remember the story of uh, the experience I had with, with Helen's spirit when I was at the University of Arizona. I won't get into that now. But it was a very profound spiritual encounter with her um, shortly after she died, about a week after she died. My mom shared with me that she uh, that Helen said that when she was born, she was born with a veil over her head. So there was this really uh, strong, intuitive, psychic line that went down the maternal side of the family. And so as a little girl, I was always aware of something, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And I, I don't know if any of you can... Uh, can recognize this, but those that I think are in touch with their intuition and in touch with their own psychic senses, do you almost feel at times that you're, you're almost vibrating at a higher frequency? Not that you know more than other people, but it's just like you're on this different plane, that you're on this different level of frequency. It's hard to put in words, but sometimes I feel like that, that it's just I'm uh, just vibrating at this different type of level. Hold on a second got to have the water right so there are these uh, a lot of experiences I don't have obviously time to get in through all of them but some that have been very profound that have suggested that I'm for some reason Nicole Strickland has always been in touch with these in the intuitive side of her right and again we all have it so it goes back to when I was a little girl and and I I had uh, experiences with with ghosts and spirits as far back as I can remember I remember being born, actually. I remember um, waking up in the OR, not the OR, the delivery room, and just remembering the blue tile. I remember the doctor's face. I remember uh, them talking. I remember uh, seeing everything and just being very uh, much aware of the room. And maybe all babies are. I don't know. But I, I remember that. And uh, again, as far back as I can remember, we're going to like three, four or five years old. I had experiences and at that age, you don't know exactly what they are, of course, but I had experiences now that when I look back, I can say, okay, well, obviously that was not an imaginary friend. I was absolutely communicating with someone from the beyond. One, one uh, thing that I can remember very clearly, and I would go up to my mom, and here I was like three, four years old, and I would go up to my mom and I would say, mom, did you have a um, did you have a baby and did did he or she die? And my mom would always say, nope, nope, you're the only one. I kept asking her that as the years went on. I just knew I knew I had and I believe I had two brothers. I knew I had uh, um, some sort of a sibling, of course. But as I've gotten older, I think I would have had I would have been the middle child and I would have had uh, a younger brother and an older brother. So when I was 21 years old, my mom actually did sit me down and she uh, shared with me that, uh, yes, and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but I'm going to anyways, I already did. She sat me down um, when I was about 21 years old and she said that, yes, she uh, did have um, two abortions. Uh, 
So I believe they were two abortions. So, so I, I knew, um, I don't know if one was a, a miscarriage and one was an abortion. I don't know, but I, I do remember. So I, I was accurate going back as far back as I could remember. And so that's something I just knew. And so uh, just even throughout, throughout school, just little things uh, um, in, you know, elementary, middle school, uh, just things I would know. Uh, but as I would say in the last maybe two or three years, and I don't know why, I don't know if maybe age has something to do with it or just um, um, being more open to the spiritual realm. But in the last two or three years, I've really started to uh, recognize uh, the moments when I have this strong intuition or have these psychic senses and they keep, they, they, they're getting stronger and they're um, getting more uh, prolific, I should say. And I think part of it is like what I said earlier, I think it's just something that I've, I've learned to accept as a part of myself. And uh, I'm trying now I have this conscious look to, uh, to grow it, you know, to strengthen it. And so I think because of that, I'm more aware of, of these situations. So one instance that I, and these are some stories just to give you examples. So one goes back to uh, my grandfather's passing when I was 13 years old. So this is my mom's father. So uh, his name was Andrew F. Lopinto, MD. He was a, uh, a beloved uh, family practitioner, obstetrician here in San Diego. He had his own practice for like 50 some odd years. Sadly, he got Alzheimer's in his elder years. I mean, this man was brilliant. I mean, he was, of course, you know, a doctor. Um, he played the violin. He ice skated. I mean, just all around talented individual. And sadly, he got Alzheimer's in his elder years. And I remember the last few weeks of his life, my mom and I stayed uh, down at my grandma's house. So her house from where I am now is about 10 minutes away. If you're familiar with San Diego, I'm in Tierra Santa. They lived in Kensington. So you're looking at like eight to 10 minute drive there. So we stayed at, at their house for the last um, few days, uh, you know, prior to his passing. And uh, it was hard even at 13 years old to see the progression of Alzheimer's and how it affected him going from uh, uh, just a general mild dementia to being bedridden and having to be cared for this vibrant man just losing his mind was even at 13 years old, very, very difficult to witness. So the night prior to his passing, uh, so I went to bed and I, there, this house was a, a pretty large home in Kensington. So I stayed in the upstairs bedroom where my mom and her sister used to sleep. And then there was like a rumpus room right next to it. So I was staying upstairs in uh, the bedroom. And so I woke up in the morning and I heard the sound of the garage door opening because the garage was right below me. I at 13 sat up in bed, not knowing anything. I sat up in bed and said, Oh my goodness, grandpa died. He died. He, he passed. He died. So I went downstairs and I walked into the kitchen and there sat my grandmother and my mom. I knew just, of course, by the look on their faces, that's when they told me that, um, you know, grandpa passed in, in, in the night. And so I was able to, at 13 years old, go back into the master bedroom and he was laying very peacefully in bed, almost that rose scent that you sometimes smell when someone passes, very, very peaceful. I remember holding his hand, telling him how much I loved him. And uh, it was about an hour later and I was on the, the, the staircase and I saw uh, the paramedics or the coroners take him out on the stretcher. And it was very difficult for me to see that, you know, with, with the cover over him. And I remember sobbing, but I just, I, that's an example uh, that, that, um, that I knew, 
I just knew, you know, it's situations like that. Um, hi, Linda. Nice to see you there. It's always nice to see you, Linda. Um, oh, my mom, I, I just saw this comment too. I, I didn't see this earlier, but she said here, the doctor in the delivery room said to the nurse to turn the light off. And when she did, you were looking at all around the delivery room. And I remember that. I distinctly remember that. Um, seeing blue tile and all of that. So sorry, I didn't, I just now saw that comment. I'm sometimes like behind on comments. Um, let's see. <laughs> this is another one that just came in. My goodness. Kelly. Okay. She says, Nicole is amazing. She has a wealth of knowledge and a kind heart. I am so loving. I am so loving hearing about your psychic mediumship experiences. You are so multi-talented and connected. Wow. And that makes me cry. Like you have no idea to hear that from someone with so many aptitudes. I mean, that means so much, Kelly. Likewise, you're amazing as well. Um, Linda Myers here is another one that is an amazing, uh, humble, heartfelt person. So if you need another psychic medium to go to, she's definitely one, just, just very, very, uh, two very amazing uh, individuals here as well, of course, as well as my mom, right? But my mom already knows that. So let's go on to um, another story here. Here I thought, oh, I'm going to finish at 45, probably not going to get done. But these are just stories to share with you um, and, again, inspire because you may have similar stories like this. Another one that I have here had to, um, has to do with, uh, so my, my dear friend Dawn Gaudet, she's given me permission to share this. Uh, she, uh, her actual, um, her son, one of her sons passed away at Bakash. I think it was July of 2012. Sadly, he choked and aspirated. And so of course became brain dead. I was able to spend some time at the hospital with the family uh, a few days prior to his passing. Uh, I was there with them, big family, large family. They were all camped out in one of the rooms there. And it got to the point and I got to go see him in the ICU and, and spend some time with him twice. And it got to the point where the family decided, you know, it's time to let him go. So, uh, so before that happened, I actually decided to, um, well, the family had gone back with him and they were going to transfer him from his ICU room to the actual room where, where they were going to allow him to transition. And so I needed to exit the waiting room just to go out into this little hallway area. And there was a wall there and it had a bulletin board with, uh, some pictures of the staff there. And I had to go out there just to, just to decompress and just be with myself. And I remember going into the bathroom, shedding some tears. I remember uh, just going out into the hallway there and just trying to, to decompress. And then uh, I ended up actually at one point going back into the room uh, to be with the family and all of that. My mom was there as well. And then all of a sudden, and, and if you, if I'm trying to explain this waiting room, it was, there was a door, but there were a lot of windows. So you could see from inside the waiting room to the, uh, hallway where I was that I just, where I explained where I was with the bulletin board with the staff and all of that. So you could see that hallway. And so I was sitting in a chair and all of a sudden I felt I just felt, oh my gosh, I think it's getting really close here. And so all of a sudden I saw, and it's very hard to describe, but it, it's almost like if you're looking at the sun, how bright that sun is, if you're going to stand outside and look at it, very bright, right? It was as bright as that beach ball sized uh, orb that I saw come around the corner, kind of come toward the waiting room, dip down and shoot right back up. And, uh, it was like moments later when um, 
it was announced that Kyle had transitioned. So uh, I believe that perhaps I maybe saw his soul exit the body, if that's possible, leave the hospital. But it's, it's, it's again, I knew it was getting close almost to the minute as to when it was going to happen. So that's another, uh, another story there. Some other ones have to deal, and I don't understand this. I don't know why this is, but there's, there seems to be strong intuition for me and psychic aptitudes having to do with missing people, specifically females. And I'm going to give you some scenarios here. Now, I'm, I'm going to not mention names just out of respect for surviving family members, but three of these occurred in San Diego. One of them occurred in 2002, a little seven-year-old girl. I'm sure a lot of you may know who I'm talking about. So she was missing for about a month, okay, uh, and they could not find her. I was actually home sick with a cold uh, in the afternoon on the day that she was found. So I was taking a nap and I had a dream. Now, again, I had no knowledge that they found her yet. And I was having a dream and it was almost like uh, when you have helicopter surveillance flying over an area. It was that aerial point of view in my dream. So I had a dream as like that, like as if I was the helicopter looking down. And in my dream, I saw uh, the hills. I saw the uh, area where she was found. There was one oak tree. There was a road that curved around. And then on the other side of the road, there was a body of water. So in my dream, I was seeing this. And I saw the remains down there in the dream. I woke up and I sat up in bed and I said, Oh my goodness, they found her. They found her, not knowing. So I went downstairs, put on the TV to see to see if they did. I'd had no idea. Went downstairs, turned on the TV, and of course it said breaking news, uh, body of a child found in and in, in, in the area. I'm gonna keep the area a confidential, just obviously if I release it, people will know. And I kid you not, uh, in the news footage the aerial footage of that the helicopter was showing was exactly what my dream was showing me. Okay. So that's one. Another one happened, uh, gosh, I want to say 2000, these two happened, uh, close in proximity to another, to, to each other, uh, two teenage, fem- two teenagers, females, uh, they went to different schools, of course, North County, San Diego around 2009, And so one of them, sadly, had been missing for about a year, give or take. And so uh, a week before she was found, I was talking with my mom and I said, Mom, she's going to be found north of and I'm going to not give the name of the casino because it would obviously give her away north of this specific casino. She's going to be found two miles north of this specific casino. There is going to be um, uh, a windy road and there's going to be an oak tree with a dirt road to the side of the oak tree. They're going to go up that oak tree and they will find her. One week later, her remains were found in an area matching that. And I also said to my mom, I also feel she was horribly stabbed. It ended up being that they found out, um, you know, through, through, uh, you know, coroner examination and whatnot that she was sadly uh, stabbed. 
So uh, the other one, uh, this was a situation that, uh, another tragic situation, uh, this, this teenager was out uh, running and then sadly uh, was, you know, abducted and, and sadly killed. And so they found her just a few days after. But I, I literally in my mind's eye saw her kind of laying about four or five feet under under the under the the surface the, the soil I saw like a damp soil near water and sure enough that's exactly um, where she was found in that same area and then uh, let's see I don't know if I should share this recent one because it would kind of give it away but um, I'll, I'll share the circumstances around it so this was a recent case and uh, one afternoon, it was about uh, 2.30 because I actually, uh, it was a Sunday and I was actually making uh, noodles. And so I remember looking at the clock and I remember uh, seeing that it was about 2.15. So then the noodles needed another 10 minutes to, to make and then I had to strain them and all of that. So then by the time I got upstairs, I was watching a YouTube video and it was about 2.30 when all of a sudden I got this sense and I... Uh, sat my noodles down and I said to myself, they found her. They found her. I know they found her. And so I got online and I, I, I looked it up and sure enough, nothing broke in yet. So uh, I just continued to watch. It was a movie that I was watching. So I continued to watch a movie and uh, it was about an hour and a half later that I decided, let me, let me go on and check again. Sure enough, I get on, they found her. Not only did they found her, they found her at exactly 2.30 when I had to sit, when I sat my noodles down and said, they found her. So, uh, and I also, and I never really do this, but I had a connection with this case. And so I decided to write uh, um, the family members a letter, just letting them know the inspiration that, that this uh, specific uh, individual had. Um, there was just this strong connection and I wanted to write a short letter just letting the family know that, you know, we're thinking of them and all of that. And so one morning I was uh, uh, driving to Starbucks and I was, I was, let's see, I went to Starbucks and then I was on my way home and then I was about five minutes away from my house. And I said to myself, the family just read my letter, just a hunch. And uh, sure enough, when I got home, the little messenger icon came on my phone and sure enough, a family member uh, wrote me and said uh, and thanked me for the, the beautiful letter that I sent them. And it was literally like right at that time when I felt that they read the letter. So these are all uh, just examples and you may have these as well. And it's, it's something that I used to just not really pay attention to. I almost used to get kind of weirded out by it but it's something that I've, I've learned to accept and, and love about myself, and you should as well. Another one, too, that I forgot to mention is, well, actually, two of them, actually. It had to do with, uh, with September 11th. So my mom and I used to travel to New York City all the time, every summer. Every single summer, we used to go to New York City and just, you know, go see the musicals and, and you know, go shopping and things like that. And we would always go down to the World Trade Center. We would eat on Windows on the World. We would shop down there. There was a shopping center down at the bottom there. We would always do that. So this was July 
of 2001. So two months prior to 9-11. And so one of, on one of our day, we were there about maybe five or six days, we decided to take one of the ferries across to the New Jersey side, just so we can just sit on the benches and look at the skyline. And so we were there just enjoying the skyline. When all of a sudden I looked at my mom and I said, mom, what would happen if, if a plane hit one of the buildings? I didn't, I'm not saying I had a premonition. I'm not saying any of that. I just had that uh, inkling to ask that question. I have no idea why. And then not only that on that trip, my mom and I did not desire to go down to the World Trade Center. And we always, that was usually like a hot spot for us. We would always go down there. And this specific trip, we just decided not to go. It was just kind of like a weird, odd feeling. And then, of course, two months later, 9-11 happened. So, again, I'm not saying that was a, a premonition or anything. I just find it funny that I asked that question. Jackie's here. Hello, Jackie. Nice to see you. Um, let's see what else. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, weather patterns, too. I'm sure a lot of you have this as well. Some of you, uh, I, I call myself a human barometer. I just, I, I, I know when it's going to rain. Uh, sometimes I can know when, when earthquakes will happen. And I don't, I think many of us have that. It's just kind of being in tune, I guess, with the environment and things like that. But uh, these are um, some examples of what can happen. And I've noticed too on investigations the, the clairvoyant side, specifically the clairvoyant side and the clairaudient side and the clairsentient side, for me, are getting stronger, a lot stronger. And it's something that I just have to pay attention to. Uh, for example, uh, going into places and getting, let's say, a headache or maybe getting a ping in your chest and, and finding out that maybe someone there died from a, a wound to the head or maybe died from a wound to... Uh, to the chest. So things like that. So I have many more stories, but those are just some that are very, very profound for me. And uh, I just want to reiterate too that. And I, I don't mean to be negative here. I'm just trying to get this off my chest. I think investigating and exploring the paranormal and afterlife realms is a very beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And there's a lot of responsibility for it. It's not just being responsible uh, to ourselves, to our fellow teammates, to the to the locations and our clients, but of course, to the spirits. Uh, it's and it pains me that there's a lot of this superficial materialism, almost this Hollywood esque type of uh, um, temperament now circulating the paranormal. I don't do what I do for that. I do what I do out of a passion to study the unknown and to communicate with with spiritual energies. And so it pains me to uh, see a lot of this, um, this uh, superficial type of mentality going on where we're treating spiritual energies as though they're there for our amusement. Like we're there to go see a show or we're there to, to uh, uh, go see a circus show. That's not what it's all about. There is a deeper meaning behind doing this work. And I think some people don't realize that and are in this field for the wrong reasons. I don't mean to criticize. I don't. To each their own. But that's just my my opinion on it all. And I wish that would change. That's one of the thorns in my side that I and many others have to contend with. And it's something that, you know, I'm not going to quit this field because of it. But it's something it's it's like nails on a chalkboard. If people are in this field because they want and they're they're concentrating on 
the number of followers they have or uh, how many TV shows they're on or, you know, superficial reasons. I, I, I feel sorry for them. I really do. And, and that's what I'll say. And if I, if I lose friends, if I lose, if people don't want to talk to me anymore after that, so be it. Because you know what? There's a good feeling to be a spiritual advocate, not just an advocate for the field itself, um, but an advocate for those that we that we study and for those that we communicate with. Because, you know, when you go into a location, you never know if you're going to be communicating with someone's grandma or someone's deceased brother that maybe committed suicide. You don't know. So it's important to treat uh, every every case you go on, every entity with that respect and reverence. And I'm just not seeing that uh, as much as I would like. So enough on that. I wanted to, um, I might end a little early and that's fine. I wasn't sure if I was going to um, do a full, uh, an hour tonight. Let's see. Let's see here. Oh, I'm going to flash this, but thank you, mom. She says you have a beautiful heart, Nicole. I love you dearly. Okay, mom, enough of the machinist, but thank you very much. Let's see. I wanted to uh, kind of go back into, uh, let's see here. So a couple of exercises for those that want to, uh, I guess, uh, kind of hone their intuition, you know, balance the chakras, things like that. Gosh, I need water. My goodness. So I wanted to, I'm, I'm missing on something here. Hold on a second. Oh, my goodness. And it was in my notes here. Oh, but there it is. Okay, there's a couple here that I wanted to to just go through that have really helped me. So if you're wanting to, you know, and I'm, of course, I'm no expert, my goodness, my, I'm, I'm a student of life, I'm a student of this field, right, we're always learning, we're always evolving. But these are some exercises that I've come across that that have helped me. And so one of them, if you want to strengthen your intuition, is to do this. So as you go about your daily routine, pay attention, maybe keep a journal of your gut feelings and hunches when they occur. And so it's very easy for the mind to try to overanalyze what's going on. So try not to do that. Examine kind of more what what your heart's feeling during these, these encounters and more of what your emotions are feeling. So write your thoughts and feelings down associated with your intuitive voice and what exactly you were doing the moment that they came forward. And so take some private time to reflect on these experiences, but try not to intellectually scrutinize them, which is, I know, super, super hard to do. So pay attention, like I said, to what your heart is saying, as opposed to your mind. So once you train yourself to do that, you will then start to get more aware of the intuitive side of you, if that makes sense. Another exercise that I've done is uh, taking some time out each day to concentrate maybe on an emotional connection that you have with an object, maybe a place, a color, a piece of art or a person, for example. So then uh, take some time and meditate in plain solitude. Listen to, again, listen to your heart as opposed to the logical mind as to why you have that bond. So allow your inner emotions to flow, journal them down or voice them out loud, whatever is most important to you, and focus on the feelings and sensations that emanate from deep within when you're focusing on that. So and another one too is get in a, a comfortable place, like a peaceful position, 
and close your eyes, concentrate on your breathing as you uh, physically and mentally relax and ask your mind and body to bring you a personal symbol to help grow your intuitive development, whatever that may be. Pay close attention to the specific symbol that it brings you and give permission for it to enter your mind. This may not happen right away. It may occur over the next several minutes. So take time with it. It's not something to rush. Stay with it. Uh, stay with your relaxed mind as long as you need. And then when the time is right, slowly open your eyes as you become more aware of the present. So those are some little exercises that you can do. Of course, don't rush them. Do them, of course, in a meditative type state. And uh, you'd be surprised. It, it, it's really helped me to, to do this every once in a while. And then another thing, too, going really quickly are the chakras. Well, a lot of us already know about these, but I'm going to mention them briefly. So we have the, the red chakra, which is the root, uh, the base or tailbone. It's associated with intuition and spatial awareness. And when balanced, you have security and you have confidence, right? You have the uh, orange one, which is uh, associated with your sacral pel uh, pelvic area. That's associated with a lot of uh, clairsentience. So when aligned, you, you might see your creative senses and a sense of wonder just flourish. You have the yeller, the yeller, hello, old yeller, right? I mean, hello, can I not talk right now? <laughs> Yellow, excuse me. My goodness, I have gallons of water here, folks, gallons of water. Okay, so we have the yellow one, which is our solar plexus. It's associated with sensitivity to vibrations from others, right? So when balanced, you will sense a more uh, uh, control more with your anger and, and your emotions and a sense of authority, a, a linkage to the world around you. Basically, you have the green or the pink, which is the heart area, empathy towards others, unconditional love toward the world, balancing of emotions. You have the blue, which is in, in the throat associated with telepathy and clear audience. So when balanced, you'll notice a clear perception of your ultimate purpose in life. So you'll be able to, to speak your mind a little bit more. And then you have the indigo slash purple, which is your third eye. This is a big one associated with clairvoyance, regulates outbound and inbound thoughts and feelings. It impacts our dreams, imaginations, our wisdom, our intuition, differentiating between fantasy and reality. And of course, when it's aligned, you are aligned with your uh, soul's true uh, purpose there. And then of course we have the violet or, or, or white, which is our, our crown associated with cosmic awareness. It's the spiritual epicenter, right? So you can connect with your guides, your angels, other beings, be at one with your higher self and universe. When balanced, you'll experience soul love, which leads to, of course, spiritual growth. So this is an exercise that I've done many times. And I, I mean, you can do this before an investigation. You can do this before any uh, type of paranormal case study, investigation, any sort of uh, uh, even a, a seance, whatever, or just in general in, in your everyday life. So as we know, it's the infusion of white light and everyone has different imagery with it. So whatever works well for you. What I do is I find a comfortable place, one that won't obviously cause any distractions. I, I imagine myself where I sit on a chair and then I sit with my feet firmly uh, pressing the floor and you close your eyes. And so you concentrate on your breathing. So you slowly breathe in eight seconds, slowly breathe out eight seconds. Do this about five times until you feel completely grounded. 
So you pay attention to the air entering and exiting your lungs and you imagine this divine energy and picture it infusing you, infusing your veins, infusing your capillaries and arteries as it expands to your other organs, right? So then you envision an opening at the top of your head, so your crown. And then almost what I do is I kind of picture like a waterfall. And I picture a stream, instead of it being water, I picture it being a stream of white, pure energy washing down through the crown. And I imagine it swirling in my head for a few seconds. And then before I imagine it moving down. And so you're going to imagine this white, pure light moving down your body, down the chakras, swirling within your body as you ask the divine, pure energy to come in and then pushing out all unwanted energy that is not welcome. During this time, you want to take note of your physical, emotional, and spiritual sensations. Write them down if you want to, whatever works well for you. Uh, again, don't rush this. Take your time with this. It's almost like uh, you know clearing a clogged toilet, if you will, at the start of your head, all the way through your body, all the way out through the bottom of your feet. And so when you get down to the feet, imagine that unwanted energy, energy that does not serve your, serve your purpose in the highest good. Imagine that leaving from the bottom of your feet, dispersing out into the ground. And uh, that's it. And so then you sit for a few seconds while envisioning that white, pure light swirling your body. And then uh, imagine it clearing Imagine your entire body just being um, infused with all of that white, pure light. So then after a while, what I do, I'll say I welcome all that is divine and all that is pure into my life. I love myself unconditionally. I am one with the universe. And then when I'm done, I mean, it's a sense of just complete uh, peace, complete grounding. It's, it's really an amazing feeling. And some people are quicker at it than others. Some people will do this in just a couple of minutes. Others may want to take more time. I guess if you do it for the first time, you might want to take more time. But as you get familiar with it, just kind of go at your own pace with that. So uh, just a couple of little exercises that have really, really helped me. Um, and again, uh, let's, oh my gosh, we have a long comment here. Let's see here. I just saw this. Let me read it. Okay. Totally true with how dreams or spirit can let us know what is going on with the news, family and friends beyond. Only I've had it happen once, but I can re relate with your experience of dreaming something that happened in the news. I was thrown in into the experience and my senses were lit up with the occurrence, feeling what the people were experiencing physically, emotionally, and mentally. It's important to talk about these things. The time I did, the time I did it was 15 years ago and no one believed me, but it was, let's see, where am I at here? Is, it, is that it? I think, I think that's it. I'm not seeing the rest of it, but, um, and that's just it. I did not do this episode to try to be like, hey, look at me, everyone. I'm psychic. Yay. That's not obviously, you know that by now. I'm doing this to share that this is something that is within all of us. This is something that everyone has. Everyone has intuition. Everyone has the ability to have these amazing psychic aptitudes. Imagine the world. Imagine the world if all of us tapped into it, right? And I think we are going through a period of ascension. I think the, the whole, and I've talked about this before uh, with others, the whole COVID uh, pandemic, for example, is, is almost a universal way to try to get us to ascend. We're in that period where people are 
wanting to be in touch with themselves, with their soul, with the universe, with, with the greater beyond. And so we are doing that. And so that's another reason why I wanted to do this episode. I have kept this quiet a lot. And those that work with me closely know that I use my intuition on, on paranormal case studies. I'm actually more of an intuitive psychic investigator than I am anything else. Uh, but um, it's time. It's time. You just, it's in, in, uh, I was actually talking with Peter Orbea about this at the, at the conference. And one of the reasons why I, I didn't, you know, uh, talk about this sooner is I was afraid like, well, gosh, it seems so odd. Like, you know, she's in this field 20 years and then all of a sudden she's talking about being psychic, right? It does. It seems very odd, but it's, it, the time is right for everything. And so this is an evolutionary process in my life. And so I felt it was time for me to share how, what it means to me. There is a deeper meaning behind why I do this work and why I connect with the spiritual realm. And it's a beautiful thing. And it's not something to be exploited. It's not something to be taken lightly. There's a lot of responsibility that goes with it. And so uh, that's something that, um, you know, I'm learning and I'm um, once you become more aware of it and you become more accustomed to it and you accept that the sky's the limit, you will start seeing more signs. You, you, your experiences will get stronger, uh, clearer. And that's that's basically uh, what's happening to me. So um, I guess that's about it. I'm sure I've probably forgot to uh, mention some other things, but there you have it. So. And again, I hope that this can inspire other people uh, to, um, if they're shy and they have these experiences and they don't know how to talk about it, I hope that this has inspired you to feel okay to share it and, and unite with others with, with the like-minded um, like minded um, objectives with, with um, you know, investigating the paranormal and afterlife and communicating with the spirits. So um, that's about it. I uh, hope that uh, you guys enjoyed this. I hope it didn't sound um, weird at all. I tried to do this, literally speak from my heart. This has literally been me speaking from my heart. And I hope it was taken as that. Linda, this will make me cry here. Linda said, you are an amazing, gifted, caring, sharing woman. Thank you so much for stepping out there and sharing your life with us. Thank you, Linda. That means so much. Likewise, and then Ellie said, um, let's see here. Thank you for sharing, Nicole. You are so welcome. And again, I've said this a thousand times, but I hope it can inspire others and inspire us to all collectively work toward the goal of understanding the paranormal, maybe not being able to explain it or, or solve it, but uh, the, the desire to uh, seek the truth and, and, and communicate with, with uh, the beyond and even other types of beings and entities out there. So hopefully that's inspired you. Um, let's see. Thank you, Facebook user here. So important to talk about. Let's see here. Thank you for sharing. Of course, again, I hope that this, you know, wasn't taken the wrong way. Again, it's been from my heart and hopefully you can take something from it. Let's see here a few more minutes here and then I better end because we do have a, I think there's a, I don't know if Kenneth Drake has a show after tonight. I'm not sure if he does because I know he's been, busy at conferences, but let's see. So tomorrow night, if you're available, uh, Todd and I will be talking to Susan Catan Bernard about her experiences and stories at the Nevada State Prison, guys. How fun is that? So that's tomorrow night, 8 p.m., 11 Eastern. Let's see. Next week, I have uh, Dale Katzmerich of the Ghost Research Society 
as you all know, I'm part of that team as well. I'm the California coordinator for that team. So he's been on before. Uh, he'll be sharing some audio clips, of course, and some stories from their recent investigations. And then the upcoming, uh, I believe it's Sunday, October 16th, the upcoming, oh gosh, I think it's the Midwest Spirit Fest there. So he'll be on to talk about that. And I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend uh, coming up and uh, be safe, be happy, enjoy the weekend, and we will catch you next week. All right. Good night, guys. The truth is here and now on WLTKDB Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com.